You're listening to Tarot Talk, and I'm your host, Holly Ramey. I'm going to serve you some practical magic and give you tips and tools to bring the mystical into your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome to Tarot Talk. This is episode number 15, and I am here with Massey Armistead. Massey is a witchy woman, she's a poet, she's a yogi, a dancer, and a Taurus queen. So Massey and I met a few years back, and she is actually one of my mentees. And I wanted to bring her on the show today because in the past two weeks, I've interviewed my tarot teachers. And now I want to interview one of my students because she is also one of my teachers. And I believe that when we read the tarot, for others, whether they're our students or our friends, we are being offered an opportunity to learn from them. And we can look at our everyone as a reflection um, back to us of what we can use to learn and grow. So welcome, Massey, and thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. So let's start with just a little, a lot of talk (laughs) about the tarot. Yes. So tell me what your first like introduction to tarot or just like witchy intuitive practices in general, like when did you first start to get into it and recognize it as something you want to do? Um, well, just going back to my way younger years, um, I was always interested in horoscopes and there was something about them, like identifying the self in them that I think I really liked and, um, getting to know myself better and being seen. Hmm. I think that's what attracted me to it, but also just like Matilda came out when I was a kid and it was like, All of that was so cool, but I never really did anything with any of that until um, I was a client of Hoppy and Monroe, and I actually have um, spiritually not had a lot that I believed in at the time and saw that you were offering Reiki and tarot. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think I thought of like Reiki as a massage type thing, but also saw your Instagram and was like, oh, this is really cool. I love this kind of stuff, even though like knowing nothing and came and had Reiki with you. And I was blown away by all the um, just, it was like an intellectual experience too, because you had so much knowledge based on my Reiki of things that I could take home and work on. Um, and I was so impressed and blown away. And then I just started following you. And I think I heard you on the mirror mirror podcast. Um, and I just kept following these little like inklings I had to come and see you. And then, um, tarot was kind of on the back burner for me. 
I, it was kind of one of those things that I don't know what I'll get out of that. I don't understand it. I don't care for it. And that was one of the parts of your mentorship. Mm -hmm. Um, and you were like, okay, I'm I'm just going to teach you about tarot today. And I remember thinking, I, I don't know what to take from this. And then I don't know if I'll get anything out of it. And now I'm reading tarot every day. Yeah. And feel so spiritual and connected. That's so amazing. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I feel like a, I have many students, but you definitely have like really embraced the practice and um, just made it your own. Just <laughs> took it on. <laughs> full on and (laughs) rolled with it just like with the quickness and I feel like that's kind of how tarot hit me too it's just like I picked it up and then it was just like I'm never putting this down (laughs) this is amazing um so tell me about your tarot practice like oh wait I wanted to note for anybody listening Poppy Monroe is a really badass uh salon and spa here in Nashville. So if you're in the area, go on through. Um, They offer all holistic services. And you mentioned one other thing. I can't remember. It'll come back to me. Um, Your mentorship maybe? My mentorship. I'm not doing that right now. (laughs) Okay. On pause. It'll come back uh, sometime, maybe near the end of 2020. But uh, I'm pausing my mentorship to work on my digital tarot course, which comes out for this new moon in Scorpio. So it's officially Scorpio season and we're heading into all the magic. So Scorpio is the the occult, right? The mystery. Um, so tarot reading tarot falls under Scorpio and Scorpio is in my second house, which is, is one of your houses of like making money. Um, so I feel like I was destined to be a tarot reader. Do you know where Scorpio is in yours? I think it's in my fourth house. Okay. If I'm remembering correctly, I, I could be wrong, which I think is, is that family and partnership? No, no. Mm-hmm. I think that's the seventh. Seventh is partnership. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm misremembering, but, um, <laughs> but I do know that. So I'm a Taurus. So Scorpio is like my opposition. Yeah. Oh, um, so you, your soul growth comes through Scorpio. No wonder the cards are so relevant to you. Exactly. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because as our, so what we're talking about is that the opposing sign of your sun sign is said to be the sign that you kind of rise through and I'm a Libra rising. So we just had Libra season and that dragged me straight on through. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I couldn't be happier to get into Scorpio. Now. <laughs> well, I hope Scorpio season doesn't drag me, but I'm sure it will bring up some interesting things. All the shadow. Uh, All the yeah. Shadow. All the shadow. So um, tell me a little bit about your tarot practice because you, you mentioned that you read tarot every day. So how do, what does that look like? 
Um, okay. So I started learning with you during my mentorship. And one of the things you assigned or recommended um, was pulling a card every day. And um, I really enjoyed that. And now um, I try to pull a card every day. I actually have like a, a journaling um, ritual I do, which is um, I check in and see what's going on with the astrology and the moon and then check in with myself and see how I'm feeling just to kind of keep like a record of where I am based on the moon. And then I, um, pull a card and then that'll be like my journal reflection. So I, sometimes I even keep track of how many cards, like I'll pick the same one over and over in a certain month. And I'm like, wow, I picked that nine times this month. And it's kind of cool. Yeah. Like that, my Capricorn moon, I guess, coming through being like, I want to count how many times I've had the hanged man this month. (laughs) Well, then I love a good spreadsheet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I'll do that. And then if things come up for me, I like to come up with my own set of questions and come up with my own, like whole drawl, I guess. Um, like so I'm about to be a puppy. Spread. What? You create a spread. For create, yes. Creating a spread. Um, yeah. So I, I enjoy doing that too. That's um, really cool. So how do you, and I'm like a ride or die with the same spread. <laughs> always so how do you come up with your spread questions and like what inspires you to do spreads like the other day I was thinking about I'm getting a puppy and I'm nervous about it but also really excited so I was like okay let me just pull some cards around that and see what comes up and so I sat down with my journal and I just thought about some of the things that were coming up for me like okay I'm scared so maybe one of the questions I should ask is like, what are the challenges I'm going to be facing by getting a dog? Um, and, and just kind of thinking of the things that are coming up for me and then coming up with questions for it. And I don't do anything fancy, like in terms of structuring the cards out, I usually just make a list of questions. And I, I personally prefer to do like how, what, and what's, Mm -hmm. um, I don't like like a yes or no. I like Yeah. Um, I've heard both, but, um, so I'll do out and then I'll just kind of pull them depending on how I feel. I'll do them in rows or just straight across or whatever. Mm -hmm. Just free for all. Just let it flow. Free flow. Yeah. Yeah. So do you read primarily for yourself or do you read for others? I primarily read for myself. Um, I am definitely interested in reading for others. That is something I've been feeling like an inkling to do more and more. Mm-hmm. I've definitely done it on friends. Um, like I've been on so many bachelorette parties the past year <laughs> and I always bring my cards and, you know, it's fun to sit down and I just, you know, like to see what, especially with friends while I'm learning, it's been fun to just kind of see what comes up. Um, but, and I've learned a lot too. Like I've been thinking about this week from doing that. One of my friends, I pulled a card and she was like, that's way too positive. There's no way that's it. And I kind of let her pressure me into reshuffling the deck. Mm. 
And I was thinking on it. It came into my head this week. And I was like, actually, that was the right card for her. I remember exactly what it was. And I remember thinking if she had responded a certain way to the situation, it would have led her into the positivity of that card. Mm. It was like an invitation to her to go into that soul work. Mm. And now like I'm going on the tangent because I'm, (laughs) that's what I do, but it's just interesting what you learn through those little things, not in the moment, but like two months later, I'm sitting here thinking about it. Like, okay, do you know what? I'm going to not do that again like that. Yeah. And try to look at what the deck was trying to tell me. I think it's really interesting because when we first start learning, we have this idea that we're supposed to know immediately what these cards are trying to tell us. And a lot of the learning actually happens in retrospect. And then I believe that the relationship with the cards gets deeper and deeper, the more people we read for, because we see different situations and different perspectives that we would never ourselves be in. And so, yeah, reading for friends is such an amazing way to learn the tarot. That's yeah. how it started as well. So I remember when we were doing our work together, we met weekly and you always had a really fun deck with you. And it was always a different deck. <laughs> and I think you probably have more than me. So tell me about what decks you use. What are your favorites? Do you mix them up? Do you use one deck? Do you pull with multiples? Um, Tell me about that. Yeah. Okay. So when we first started working together, you were like, obviously I got the um, Rider Waite deck. Mm -hmm. That was like first, but I'm such a Taurus through and through. Um, I got on Google and I found, oh, let me see. (laughs) Let me get some of them down so I can pull them all out. Yeah, let me pull them out. I have them all lined up right here. So I think one of the first ones I got was the Lovely Omens Tarot. And this is the pink one, right? This is pink. And so I was totally just like, um, what's pretty to me? And I need to have it, <laughs> you know? And then when I would read with these, they're absolutely beautiful. But especially learning, I had no idea there was nothing to take from the imagery really for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll use these when I have a lot of time to to just, yeah. Like this is like a vanity deck. Yeah. Um, And then another one that's kind of like that is the star child tarot. Okay. She also has the moon, the moon, the moon. Um, is it Moontide? Is that what it's called? I think it's Star Child and Moonchild. Oh, Moonchild. Okay, yeah, Moonchild. Um, so I got the Star Child one. I still want to get the Moonchild one, but um, and this is beautiful, but also the like, yeah, it's hard to not knowing a lot. I think now I could probably read these a lot better. Um, but the imagery is esoteric, so it's hard to pull like meaning from it. Right. And um, base knowledge. So I, yeah, I love Kim Kranz, which is what you were using when you taught me. 
um, her deck. And that's the wild unknown. The wild unknown. Yes. Um, all the imagery is really, um, I feel like easy for me to understand. And I think we'll bring this up later, but I am like very drawn to imagery and also being a poet. It's, metaphor is big for me. It's easy for me to understand that. Um, so I use that a lot. And then I got the Kara's deck, of course, um, <laughs> for your recommendation. And I also have her book, uh, what the fuck is tarot? What the fuck is tarot? Wasn't sure if I could say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what the fuck is tarot? So that's fun too, because I, I like to, like when I use her cards, I'll reference her book too and kind of see. Yeah, it's really good. What she has in there, um, which is fun. But for me on the reg, mm-hmm. I either use, I've been using Bakara's deck. And then I'll, for my daily polls, I've also been pulling um, from, what is this called? I'm so bad with names. And also a little nervous, which doesn't help. Um, The Work Your Light Oracle deck. Oh, cool. From um, Rebecca Campbell. So on my daily draws now, I pull one from a, a tarot deck. One from the Work Your Light deck. Okay. And then one from Kim Kranz's um, uh, Animal Spirit. Spirit. Mm, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of fun because I, I like pick the tarot card and reflect on that a little bit. And then I feel like um, the Oracle decks are kind of like clarification or just yeah. a little more information for me, which is kind of fun. And I just like the idea of like, I have these beautiful decks that I love and I want to utilize them. And it's just a little extra bonus. Totally. Um, And they're so pretty and they always end up speaking to each other so well. They're like in this nice little, it's like this nice little uh, menage a trois kind of. (laughs) They all work so well together. Um, So... Yeah, I've been actually doing that with the way home and the liminal space. So I'll pull a tarot card with the way home and then I'll pull a liminal space card over it as just like a quantifier or a clarifier. And it is really amazing the way that the cards can speak to each other and strengthen or oppose each other. Um, Do you use the guidebooks that come with your deck or are you just at a point now where you basically read on your on the fly? I actually, I purchased, after we did our mentorship, I purchased Lindsay Mack's, um, one of her tarot courses, mm-hmm. and it went through all the cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like I have a much deeper understanding after doing that. Yeah. Um, and so I will either, what I've been doing is I... Um, meditate and think on what I think the card means for me. And if I don't feel super confident on it, I'll reference her or your notes that we took Mm kind of in between those. Um, But other than that, I don't really use the guidebook. Awesome. That's kind of the point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Eventually. Um, Yeah. 
And that's like the catchphrase for my tarot course too, is like throw out your guidebook and just learn to wing it. Um, And most of the times, like my, especially lately, like reversals are especially tricky for me. Like I'll second guess myself, like what is this trying to say? And usually when I pull up the notes on it that I have, um, I'm like, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, and it's like, uh, just let myself be. Sometimes I just need to cut the cord. I really like a good hand holding. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's nice. Um, but it is, it's, it's nice to have validation though, too, when you're starting to fully get it. And then the guidebook or your notes just like totally validate what you are already thinking. And you know, there's 78 cards in the deck. They come upright or reversed. And then they're being, you're asking all different kinds of questions. They have different positions in a spread. And then it also depends on what other cards are influencing it in the spread. So there's like countless ways to read one card. Oh yeah, for sure. So... If you had to pick a card right now to describe what season of life you feel like you're in, what card would that be? I am going to lean towards um, Daughter of Pentacles or Page of Pentacles. That's actually the card that I think about when I just think of you in general. (laughs) Are you kidding? Yeah. (laughs) Because I was thinking about it and I was like, I, I feel like that's like such a nice one to pull for yourself, you know, like, oh, daughter of pentacles. Yes, that's me. <laughs> but I do feel like I'm like such a soul searcher. Like it's really important for me to figure out like why I'm here, what I'm doing um, and just looking to figure out like, and on like a material level, like live living in a way that provides for me, but also fulfills my soul journey mm-hmm. fully. And I'm kind of starting that path. Like I've got that youthfulness in that way of the, of the page. So I always think of the page of pentacles as like page young feminine. And she's so curious and, like, I feel like that applies to you so much because you're just like, you are on a quest for knowledge and you stay super open-minded. So you can just like take in so many different forms of information and filter it through and just continue to just like grow and deepen that practice. Um, and you don't, you don't let anyone or anything kind of steer you, like steer you in a a single minded direction, which I really love about the page. You know, she has that energy of like a total beginner's mind. The pages are linked to the fool, right? So it's just this egoless, like, let me just like take it all in. And then the pentacles are the suit of earth and you have that Taurus energy (laughs) and that Capricorn moon really just grounding you down. And also like that connects to the physical body. And when I think of you as like a dancer and you often advocate for like body positivity um, and you're always like exploring, you know, different, the relationship with the body. And then, you know, she's also kind of like the, the hedge witch and like the green witch and like using her hands and just like, um, 
yeah, I just think of that in like the way that you move and the movements and Taurus is like, you know, that like sensuality and you do the burlesque. And so I think she's just like the perfect (laughs) card for you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, Well, cool. My intuition served me well. I was like, that's, that's where I feel I am right now. Yeah. So I know you are on, you know, the spiritual journey of like learning tarot uh, with me. That was, gosh, was that the beginning of last year or this year? I think that was like January of 2019. Yeah. It was the start of this year. Oh yeah. And so that was three months and then you continued exploring a little deeper and now you're doing something totally new as well. So you're, you just moved um, and you're, you're doing a grad program, right? Yes. Um, So it's a MFA, which is a master's in fine arts um, for creative writing. And my focus is poetry. Um, So yeah, just a lot of workshopping and writing and reading. Um, Tell me a little bit about like when you started writing poetry and um, yeah, your journey with that since you're, you're kind of deepening it right now. Yeah. Um, so I remember being like as young as fourth grade and we had being from Nashville, um, like being connected to songwriting, our fourth grade class had a, um, competition, like a songwriting competition. And I wrote like three songs when you were only supposed to write one. And I remember the teacher pulling me aside and being like, first of all, this subject matter, how'd you, why are you writing about this? Like, it was like, writing as like a 19 year old, like I wrote this like breakup poem that was like, so (laughs) dramatic. (laughs) And so, um, and I won the contest. Um, and so that was kind of like the start of that. Like I always loved to express myself and, um, love to read and, feel like my love for reading just naturally um, evolved into poetry. And then in high school, (laughs) this is the most massy thing ever. Uh, We had a romantic poetry class, which at the time I didn't know who the romantic poets were. So I thought it was a class on romance, like poetry that was romantic. So I get in there and it's Williams Wordsworth up in there. And I was like, what the hell is going on here? But ended up loving it, was obsessed with um, the romantic poets. And that was kind of like my way in Um, like Coleridge's rhyme of the ancient Mariner Mariner is still like one of my all time favorite poems. Um, So that was kind of how it started. And then in college, I, um, kept taking creative writing classes and took a little break after college, um, tried to pursue a real estate career in the it city and, um, just realized I wanted a creative outlet again. Yeah. Applied to schools. So. So what do you love? What do you love about poetry? What I love about poetry is, the imagery, obviously. Um, but I also love that it kind of, it can capture the unnameable. Mm. Um, 
like a, a poem can completely slow down time and take a moment that would only be like, you know, a second in your life or 10 seconds in your life and turn it into like something so beautiful and vast and that you sit down and read and you could be reading it for 30 minutes and it just, you can expand a moment. Um, That's gorgeous. There's a card in the liminal space Oracle deck called expand time. And I, I've pulled it only once, maybe twice. And I think you just like, perfectly described what they were looking to express with the meaning of that card. That's so cool. I know. So it feels to me like, you know, you, you said the word imagery and um, that is such a big part of tarot. How do you feel that? Do you feel like your poetry practice and your tarot practice intersect? For sure. And, and it's not like directly, mm-hmm. except kind of is um, in some ways, but I feel like my, po- my poetry background informs my ability to read tarot. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps me look at the bigger picture and be able to take like an image and apply it to personality and and who we are as people and like looking at different layers of things Mm -hmm. because poems live on so many different layers like it's never what's on the surface and like it can be what's on the surface but it can also be more and I feel like that's how it is with a tarot card as well um yeah I was just saying today while recording one of my videos for the course, like this card can be as simple as like, they're not good for you. Dump them, <laughs> you know, right? But right. It can be as complex as like, this is a pattern that's coming up over and over and over again, because there's a deeper wound that must be accessed. So it can be so superficial right? and in a minute, right. With the ones like, this thing will be resolved in 10 minutes or, you know, it could be judgment and that shit's going to stay with you for years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I laugh because it's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. These aren't tarot nerds listening. Thinking our tarot <laughs> <are funny. laughs> oh my gosh. I'm such a nerd, but yeah, but I actually haven't made all these connections really like saying it out loud. I'm like, wow, I really do love this shit. It's so cool. (laughs) But, um, but how it's directly worked together is. Well, I'll start with, I think getting into my intuition, the tarot has helped me with my poetry and trusting myself. Um, I even in the place I just moved into my like witchy spiritual room is also the same room that I put my desk in. Mm. And at first my brain was like, maybe that's not a good idea. Like, do you want where your work to be working to be where your spiritual practice is? And then I was like, but my work is my spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. Like 
my poetry is an extension of me mm-hmm. and I have to go into dark, scary places sometimes and be extremely vulnerable to write some of the poetry. Like I write some poems where I'm like, I know that's not it. I was not letting myself go all the way in there. Mm-hmm. I was writing what I think will be okay for my class to read, not taking any risks. And, and that has to happen sometimes, you know, but I think they really do work hand in hand because I, I have just like before a tarot reading, I need to like drop in and be like, what's really happening in my heart right now. And what can the page reveal to me? Um, as I write. Um, so yeah, that's beautiful. And it really reminds me of like describing that space that you created, like the moon card. And I was again, recording a video today and describing the moon. And I, I said, you know, it's like, when an artist needs to, and, um, I think you already mentioned Queen, or maybe we were talking about Queen earlier, but did you see the Queen movie? <laughs> oh, I was telling you about how I wrote an essay on a song by Queen. <laughs> okay. So in the movie that they that came out this year about Queen, they yes. let go to a cabin in the woods to write their album. And that is so much like them going into the moon and just like taking themselves out of the day to day, taking themselves out of like, you know, the endless minute details that we have to deal with so that they can go into like this shadowy place and write music. And it's just like that space where you read tarot and access your shadow and your intuition, where you could be that raw, vulnerable person that's the same place you go to write your poetry. That's like your moon room. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. For sure. So, um, I had this thought that you should write a poem for like every card in the major arcana, but then you already told me that you wrote a poem for the queen of pentacles. So share it with us. Yes, I will. Um, and I would love to continue this. Um, I mean, that sounds like the coolest project ever. It could be cool. Like this could be my thesis, maybe even like, um, if I really wanted to dive in and do all 78, have 78 poems, um, where you can do the 16 court cards. Yeah. Um, so this, um, is after Kim Cran's mother of pinnacles card. And I wrote this this summer looks like what can you describe what she looks like? Yes. Um, she is a deer. Um, is the, is a baby deer a doe Mm -hmm. and, and a doe. And so the the doe doe and a fawn and a fawn and a fawn. Um, so the fawn is curled up in the mother's stomach Mm. and she's sitting and sleeping and the mother is sitting up alert with her eyes wide open. Um, looking out what I imagine out into a field. Um, So mother of pentacles. Have you ever seen the mother deer keep watch of her baby asleep? Have you ever seen the softness of fawn ears nestled into her mother's stomach? Beyond the low guttural sound of human voice, 
An alert, her neck jerks upward away from her sweetheart. A natural fear can only be called one thing, man. Twigs crack and snap like bullets beneath civilized feet. She knows the threat of the pop, pop, pop. Stay still, my baby, she prays. I don't remember sleeping in my mother's arms. This morning in her kitchen, venison sausage frozen only a foot from where we stood. I asked, Mama, how often did you hold me? I don't remember her reply. I love it. Thank you. (laughs) So yeah, that card just inspired me. Um, And I was also living at Swanee this summer, um, taking a writing class there. And there were deer all around my cabin where I was. And I just remember feeling such a tenderness towards them and just wanting to show them love. Um, so it was kind of a combination of her card and just that the environment I was in. Yeah. And the queen of pentacles is that like nurturing mother, like kind of domestic quality of just caring for others in a really tangible physical way. And I think of like, you know, nurses as like a really amazing embodiment of that energy who just like have this endless amount of, I don't even know, compassion, but also like physical care. Like they can just like put their needs aside, put any kind of like whatever aside in order to like be there physically for other people. Yeah. Like this deer will stay up all fucking night Mm -hmm. if she has to. Yeah. To take care of her fawn, you know, for sure. It's amazing. So I love it. (laughs) Um, so one more question before we end, um, I just wanted to ask a little bit, like what, what influences, do you have any other practices that kind of influence your tarot, like, do you, like, and your intuitive work in general? Like, do you meditate or like, do you feel like movement or dance or like, do you have other spiritual practices? Um, I would say, um, I have a ton. (laughs) I feel like it's so much, but, um, meditation for sure. Um, I also do embodiment breath work, Mm -hmm. um, which I talked to you a little bit about with Alexandra Roxo. Um, so that's, um, something I feel like that definitely helps get into the shadow and, it's basically creating a container for yourself to like let the emotions flow out of you and release them in a like physical, you can use sound and breath um, that you aren't able to throughout your daily life. Mm. And it's kind of just like giving yourself the space to feel those shadowy things or the bright sunlight things like the sun card, you know, like immense joy. Um, for me, it's mostly the shadowy things because I don't <laughs> allow myself to feel those. 
Um, so I think that informs my, my tarot, um, you know, I love a good crystal. Um, and I would say like astrology and the moon, um, really interested in the, um, trying to tune into my body more Mm -hmm. and it's natural rhythms, which I think is very high priestess like, Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to be more like her (laughs) or them, whatever, you know, I don't want to give her a gender, but, um, so yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for being on the show today and just sharing a little bit about your tarot practice and yeah, for taking the time to sit with me and celebrate this new moon in Scorpio. Yay! I can't wait to to hear your readings for the new moon. And thank you so much for having me. You're You're doing great work and changing the world. So I think everyone listening and you as well are all on this mythic path. And I think that we're all changing the world just by healing ourselves, really. Um, I know for a while you were actually writing poetry, um, for others. So I was wondering if, if you're still doing that and if so, like where could the listeners find you if they wanted to hire you to write a special poem for them? Yes. Um, so that is called eternal poetry. It's my, my poetry gig where I would love to help you turn your stories into a poem. And you can find me at MasseyArmistedPoetry.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mama. Thank you. Okay, my beauties, I hope that you enjoyed that interview with Massey. And now we're going to move on to the tarot forecast for the new moon in Scorpio. So just a couple announcements before I begin and dive into the cards. Um, The Sacred Wheel, my eight-week online tarot course, is beginning for this new moon. I'm so excited, you guys. I've been working really hard on this for you. It's my first digital course, and I'm going to start the Monday after the new moon. You can go at your own pace, so I'm going to release all of the videos and the information week by week for eight weeks straight. So that will give you time to um, work on it at your own pace and Um, you can send in questions throughout the course and they'll be answered by me via video. And we're just going to go through all the cards. We're going to go through all the things that come up in reading cards, like spreads and reversals. I'm going to teach you about the chakra system and the medicine behind the cards and how I really interpret them and then apply that medicine into my day-to-day life. So it's not just about, you know, understanding the meaning of the cards. It's like, well, what do I do from there? And you'll see that being reflected a little bit in this reading coming up um, that I'm very excited to share with you. But it is on sale now. It's 
333. You'll be with me for eight weeks and you'll be getting tons and tons of information about tarot. But also through this journey, you will also be uncovering lots of information about yourself because that's what the tarot does, right? It offers us a window into a deeper layer and a new perspective. So you'll definitely be learning and growing with me throughout this Scorpio season. Now, um, oh, one other thing, I am hosting a new moon ceremony on Sunday night. So if you're in Nashville, there was only one spot left by, I added a few in, um, cause this is usually a bigger ceremony and I wanted everyone to have a chance to come if you want to. So there's a few spots that I just put up this morning on my website. So go grab those. And, um, next Sunday, November 3rd, I have a couple spots still open in my Reiki level one. So that's also here in Nashville. You can read more about it on my site, but it is a Reiki level one attunement. I give two attunements, one for the Reiki Seikim lineage and one for the Violet Flame. I teach you all about Reiki, the history of Reiki, how to give it to yourself and others. We talk a lot about energetic boundaries and protection, and we get into, um, again, the chakra system, how to work with the chakras, balance the chakras, crystal healing, and much more. So if you're interested in that, go sign up on my website, shoot me an email, and I will add you in. Okay, you guys, so let's dive into the cards. A little bit about the astrology. So the sun just moved into Scorpio a few days ago, and um, now we're in what's called Scorpio season. So the sun stays in each sign for about 30 days, and Scorpio is a water sign, and it's it's associated with the uh, mystery, with the shadow sides of ourselves. The tarot card that is associated with Scorpio is the death card, right? And, the, and death takes us into the process of transformation. So death card can be a little bit feared. It could be a little bit scary, but really it's just the ending of one karmic cycle in order for another to begin. And we all go through this on many, many different levels, right? We have physical death. Yeah. But usually it's, it's much less than that. It's like some kind of the death of an idea or of a cycle of our life or of a reason or a season, the death of a relationship. Sometimes we see, or just like the way that we've been thinking or acting, right? We're constantly evolving and going through really small, tiny transformations. It could be something as superficial as transforming your look, right? Transforming your brand um, on your website to something as deep as like transforming an internal structure or belief that you've carried for a really long time. So Scorpio season just gives us the opportunity to kind of look at what we're ready to release and where in our lives we're really ready to transform. And it being the suit of water, right? There's a lot of like emotional, um, identities and attachments that we can look at there, right? And where in our emotional realm we feel happy and, you know, independent in our relationships or where we feel like we have um, maybe more of a negative attachment that we're ready to let go of. So, Scorpio is also associated with with the occult, right? With mystery. And so the reading of tarot actually falls under Scorpio. And that's why I designed my course to be 
uh, learned during Scorpio season, and that's why I'm the busiest I am during Scorpio season out of any other times during the year. At least that's that's what I like to tell myself. But um, we're also on Halloween, so that will be just like a few days after the new moon. We're having uh, Mercury move retrograde. So what that means is that the planet Mercury, which governs our communication, will be moving, will be retrograding through Scorpio. So it'll be a chance to kind of look back and review work that we've done. Maybe you can look at how you're feeling last Scorpio season, last October work you've done um, over this year, especially what was changing, what was transforming and what have you changed, what's still maybe in the process of transforming that you can finish off now and what other things you want to begin, right? So Mercury retrograde gets a bad rap for like negative communications and technology going crazy. And, you know, I did pull, I did pull a few cards for that too. Um, but overall, I think if we just move in the direction of Mercury and it's retrograde, it's RE. So if we rest, review, reset, realign, not try to push forward, then we're, we'll be okay. It's when we try to really go against the grain of Mercury retrograde that we get into trouble, right? So let's look at the cards because um, speaking of Mercury retrograde, um, uh one, two, three of the cards out of six I pulled are reversed, right? And so a reversal can be that energy kind of not exactly in its opposite, but a little bit slower. Uh, the lesson can be learned a little bit slower. We could be ourselves kind of reversed to learning the lesson. Um, so yeah, three of these cards are reversed. The first one being the wheel of fortune. So when I see the wheel of fortune reversed, to me, it's like we're, we're ready to break out of a karmic cycle. Now uh, with this, I pulled, it's not that deep by the liminal space. And this card is really interesting. It's like, it's not that deep. If you can't explain something simply, you might not just know enough about it. So that with the Wheel of Fortune reverse tells me that like if you're feeling like your luck is down, if you're feeling like you're not progressing forward at the pace you want, or if you feel like you've actually moved backwards a little bit, right? Because sometimes that's how spiritual growth feels, like one step forward, two steps back. It's not that deep as saying like, listen, you are where you are. And you can't push further than that right now. Like we can only peel the damn onion. I know I keep using this reference one layer at a time. So just like, and, and we're in this constant season of change and transformation, right? This is like the, the wheel teaches us or the lesson behind the wheel, especially when we see it in the reversal, the lesson we want to learn is that like this situation is not permanent. What goes up must come down. What goes down must come up. So if you're feeling frustrated that you're not moving forward, it's just like, it's not that deep. It's just telling you like, listen, there's no lifeguard on duty. All right. You want to get out of this place. You've got to do it yourself, but you need to exercise a little bit of patience and take the time to go backward. You can't always push forward, right? So the wheel is upside down. It's spinning backwards, right? Mercury's spinning backwards. Well, not really, but kind of, it's moving in a backward position through the signs it's time to go 
review. Look at where you've been and where you are now and all the growth that's happened in between, right? Take a moment to look back instead of push forward now. It will give you, A, a little bit of gratitude, right? Because you're like, oh shit, look how much I've grown, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty. you guys. We just spend so much time looking forward that we forget to look back. So definitely do that. And just know too that like spiritual growth is a spiral and you can't just like skip over certain layers, right? You got to wind around that spiral one one layer at a time. If you look at my um, the logo for the sacred wheel, the tarot course I'm teaching, it is a spiral, right? Because it, it is. It's like we go round and round and round that spiral and we get closer and closer to the center. But sometimes we hit a parallel point on that spiral and we feel like we've been thrown back, pushed back, and that we're moving backwards, but we haven't. We're, we've just hit a parallel point and we're learning this lesson again on a deeper level. So stay patient with yourself as you move through this and take that medicine of mercury and let yourself review how far you've come instead of just trying to push forward to where you're going. And then it's like I'm pulling glitch, right? And glitch is like this card in the liminal space. And it's like all the zeros and the ones that are like that, like make up the coding of the internet. And, you know, it's like, it's like there's some kind of glitch in the system and like some kind of virus, right? Something's not right. So to me, I'm like, Ooh, I could take this super literally and be like, watch out for your technology and your communication and stuff during this mercury retrograde. And if it comes up, just be patient, right? It's going to be resolved. It's not forever. It's like four, six weeks long, I think. Um, so just have a little patience and don't, uh, don't get frustrated, like especially if you're traveling and things like this, take a little extra time. Um, give yourself more time in case there's delays and things like this. Um, but I'm pulling this over the lovers. And to me, and then also I'm pulling the two of pentacles right next to the lovers with the card, a magician is only as good as our tools. So listen, the lovers and the two of pentacles are both about balance. And I love seeing these cards here. They're gorgeous energies. And we've been working hard for these energies. You guys, Libra season, Libra was, we are, it was all about finding balance in relationships. And we've been doing that work and seeing this card upright here for the first time in a while. I think I pulled it reversed last week. It's like, okay, we're here. We're ready. We're showing up and we're willing to like create interdependency. And, and we're willing to see all the glitches in our own shit that has, uh, that has not allowed us to be there in the past. But like... The two of pentacles with a magician is only as good as their tools. Like the question of the two of pentacles is like, can I have it all? And the answer is yes, but a magician is only as good as their tools. And the two of pentacles, you know, the guy is juggling the pentacles in the image of the rider weight. Like it's a hustle. It's a fucking hustle. And I think with like this card, it's like, are can you have it all? Yeah, but you better be fucking willing to work for it and you better be willing to access the tools around you because nobody's just going to show up and give them to you and teach you how to use them. You've got to put in the effort, especially in society now. It's like so easy to just look around and be like and see everyone's successes, but we don't see the blood, sweat and tears and fucking grit that it took them to get there. We're not sitting behind the scenes watching them do what they do. 
day in and day out. We don't see, I was reading a book the other day that was just like about a comedian who has a show and it just, it showed like her, her day was like 14 hours long. It was insane. And it's like, we don't see what is going on beside, like behind the scenes. Like you guys hear my voice coming out of your phone or your computer or your radio, but I'm not in some like fancy ass computer um, recording studio. Like I'm sitting in my bedroom on my bed. Cause that's where I get the most best sound quality praying that my three-year-old daughter doesn't wake up in the next room from her nap or I'm going to have to redo this whole thing. My point is though, you guys, let's just take a step back and realize that like, okay, we've come this far. It's taken a lot of work but we're moving closer and closer to balance. We're moving closer and closer to the center of the wheel. We're moving towards this beautiful freedom within union of the lovers, right? Finding this balance in our personal relationships, our interpersonal relationships. But we've got to be willing to see the glitches too. We've got to be willing to see the parts of ourselves that are disassociating, the parts of ourselves that are wounded, the parts of ourselves that are manipulative and controlling and all the shit that we don't like in other people, right? That we've got to use the tools. And we can't just we can't just gather the tools. We've got to actually use them. So this time, right? During this new moon period, this is time to get the tools if you don't think you have them, right? A magician is only good as their tools. It's like, what do you need? What do you need money? Do you need funding? Do you need medication? Do you need a journal? Do you need, you know, herbs? I'm looking at the image on the card um, and there's all these things pictured, but it's like, what do you need? Gather your resources together and then utilize them every day and do the damn thing. Do the damn work, right? Do the hustle. The two of pentacles says like, yes, you can have everything that you intend, but you've got to work for it. So yeah, this reading is a little bit calling us out. You guys, it's calling us out. It's calling us out. We want to be patient, right? We've got to be okay with where we're at. We can't just keep pushing forward. We've got to be willing to stop and look back. We've got to be willing to review within ourselves what's not working, where we're not showing up, right? Where our own glitches in our communication are showing up and be patient with it all. Okay, you guys. So you have the tools and if you don't, go out there and get them. (laughs) Buy that course you've been thinking about buying, um, you know, go out and, and do those things you've been thinking about, but you have felt like, Oh God, how am I going to do this? Find a way, find a way where there is a will, there is a way. And when we are willing to put in the work and the effort, you will get there. Okay, you guys, I hope that this reading helps and reminds you to just continue just to continue moving forward on your path, even when it feels like you're moving backwards. Nothing is an accident. Nothing is by mistake. Everything that comes to us is medicine. So I wish you a happy new moon in Scorpio, and I hope to see you soon if you're in Nashville. And if you're not, I do all kinds of distance sessions too. So I will see you soon. If not, I will touch back with you for the full moon.
take care. 